You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we're creating a culture of courage, compassion, and connection to overcome the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds topics such as sexuality and pornography. We're your hosts, Chriselle Simons and Creed Orm. We are so grateful for everyone that we've had on our podcast, and we especially love hearing stories from people our age, young people who are struggling or discovering who they are or are really um, seeking to overcome the struggles and the challenges of their past and, and what they're learning from that. So if you have been touched by this podcast or by someone's story and you want to share your story we would love to have you on our podcast and it can be anonymous. It can be non-anonymous if that's a word and um, whatever you would like, but please reach out to us, reach out to us at hello at reach 10.org. And we would love to hear and learn from you. Welcome listeners to Breaking the Silence once again. Today we are asking and answering the question, how can self-compassion help me break the shame cycle? And to help us answer this question, we have Anthony Ennis with us today to share his story, share his insights and experiences regarding this topic. And we're so grateful to have him. Thank you for joining us, Anthony. Uh, Could you go ahead and share some of your, your, a little bio for our listeners? Yeah. So, uh, like you said, um, my name is Anthony Ennis and thank you so much. I am so excited to be here with you. Um, I graduated from BYU this last winter semester with a degree in neuroscience and I'm currently applying to medical school this cycle. I actually take the MCAT next semester. So, or not, not next semester, but next Saturday rather. So soon. Uh, I know. Right. And I, I've been involved with various different groups. I, I helped out with Reach 10 a little bit. When I was at BYU, I was the president of their Unraveling Pornography Club. And so this is something that I spent a lot of time thinking about and talking about. And I'm so excited to be with you today to share a little bit of myself and what I know. Thank you so much for joining us, Anthony, and sharing a little bit about where you're at in your life. And good luck with the MCAT next week. That's so exciting. Also scary. <laughs> Um, so tell us a little bit more about your background or your story, where you've come from. Yeah, awesome. So with pornography and everything like that, um, my father, he had an addiction to pornography. It was something that my parents chose to work through um, and chose to overcome together. So pornography is something that from a young age I've heard about. It's been something that's been talked about in my family. And because of that, Growing up, I feel like I've had a really good support system as I've went through my own personal struggles with it, as I've, you know, went through high school and college and and into my early adult life. It's something that I feel like I've had a really open dialogue with, with my parents. And so today I just kind of wanted to share a little bit about my journey to kind of where I'm at. Awesome. Yeah, that's what we're so excited to hear about. Okay, awesome. Well, without going into crazy detail, because you don't have a lot of time, pretty much as a young boy, I was first exposed to pornography. You know, it's something that's kind of hard to avoid nowadays. And I remember from the first time I saw it that even though I didn't know what it really was, because I was so young, I just had a really bad feeling. And I remember going and telling my mom about this. And that was kind of where my relationship with my parents and talking to them about this topic began. 
growing up, you know, going through high school, going through my own struggles with self-confidence with you know just growing up and trying to figure out life pornography was something that was a struggle but thankfully it was something that I had a really good support system like my parents like I said I, I always felt like I could talk to both of them about it and get really good support and strength from them I did as most people you know I got ready to go on a mission I cleaned myself up and I was good and went on a mission and served in Denmark and it was a beautiful place amazing experience but then I came back home and started college and those same habits caught back up to me and I started struggling again and kind of going along with what you guys talk about at Reach 10, how connection is something that's so important in helping people through this battle. You know, I, I felt like I had that connection. You know, I had a great relationship, a great support system with my family. I, I tried pretty much everything in the book. Like I'd go to, you know, the 12-step program. I even did Sons of Helium and some of these other things. And I had this really good support system. But time and time again, like I, I still continue to battle with this, which I, I don't know. I'm sure there's people that can relate to that, you know, trying so hard and then you slip and you're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you know that you shouldn't do this. You know, you know the things pretty much. And that is kind of what brought me to this topic of, of self-compassion. I would love to know a little bit more about self-compassion. Mm -hmm. When you say self-compassion, what do you mean by that? I feel like we hear a lot about self-esteem and, and those kind of things, but what do you mean by self-compassion? So I was seeing, I was seeing a personal therapist and she's the one that as we were working together, she's like, Anthony, like you need to learn about self-compassion. And I was like, Oh, what does that mean? Kind of a thing. So she actually sent me to do some research with a woman named Kristen Neff just to kind of watch her videos and things because she does a lot about this. Um, she talks about it a lot. And so pretty much to simplify it, so self-esteem is, you always hear like, oh, you need more self-esteem. Like you just need more self-esteem, more self-confidence. Now, the problem with self-esteem is there's this spectrum. If you have too much self-esteem, you're overconfident, you can be narcissistic and kind of stuck up and mean. But then if you don't have enough self-esteem, like you're depressed or you're, you just don't feel good about yourself. And so it's hard because it's, it's about finding this balance. Well, self-compassion is essentially, the way that I describe it for me is learning how to become your own best friend. So to like give an, an example to illustrate that, let's say my little sister, she's trying out for the soccer team, like the high school soccer team. And she's been really wanting to do this. She's been working hard on it. She goes and she tries out and she doesn't make the team. And then she comes crying to me and is like, Anthony, like, I feel like I can't do this. Like I, I tried and I failed and she's just feeling really sad. Like I would never go to my sister and say, wow, like you suck. Like you should just quit. Like, why are you even trying? Like you shouldn't even try out next year. Like you should just give up. Like you're never going to make it. Like just go color or sing or do something else. So I would never, ever say that to my sister. But those kind of words are often the words that I found myself using to myself when I'd struggle and when I'd have a relapse or when something would happen. There's this internal self-critic that you feel like you automatically have to beat yourself up. Totally. I love that. I think another good example of that, I often call them like the dot people or the itty bitty icky committee or like the rude bums that are just need to get out of my life, <laughs> like whatever it is. But that committee that just like does not shut up yeah. unless I do something about it. So I, I mean, I totally relate to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I have totally learned. And especially recently, I've, I've been listening to podcasts that keep talking about 
why do we have this critic in our brains that continues to tell us things that just aren't helpful? And I thought I was alone in this for a long time, Mm -hmm. that we always tend to gravitate towards negativity and to self-criticizing and belittling ourselves. And I'm so glad you have found this, Anthony, because it's taken me a while to practice this and learn this for myself also of how to combat the self-critic and and talk to myself with self-compassion. Yeah, well, one thing I want to add to what you said, uh, Mm -hmm. the reason that, well, this is what Kristen Neff says about it. The reason we hang on to that self-critic is because we feel like that self-critic is what we need to be motivated to change. Otherwise, we would just kind of stay there. But what the research is showing, what she talks a lot about is that you know, if I could simplify it, once we get out of our way, once we stop cutting our legs out from underneath us, you know, once we stop using that energy to beat ourselves up and tear ourselves apart, we have the energy to actually do the things that we want and make progress in those in that direction. Like that's what the data is showing. So for me, in my life of self-compassion, I feel like the big difference is you know, at first I was afraid because like, oh, like is self-compassion like condoning things? Like, oh, if I mess up, like I'm like oh, like, you're okay. Like, it's not a bad thing. Like, just accepting it. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, that means like, I'm just gonna keep doing it. And you know, it's gonna become okay. But that's not what self-compassion is. Self-compassion is suffering with yourself, like being there for yourself. Like, the way that I like to think about it is if my dad was there talking to me, or my best friend was there talking to me, or if I was my best friend for myself, like putting my hand on my shoulder and be like, hey, like, this is really hard feeling this, like, it's really hard. And it's okay. Like, let's get up. Let's keep going. Not that you're empowering or like condoning it, but you're, you're just being there with yourself. Like you're being okay with yourself. You're acknowledging your flaws and you're loving yourself despite that. Just as you would a really good friend who came to you and said they were struggling with something, you know? Totally. I really love this. And I think what's beautiful about what you're explaining is that sometimes compassion, the most compassionate and loving thing to do is to say the hard thing and to be like, it's time to change. Right. But when that message comes, it's not coming from a place of shame or like, you're the worst. Like, why are you continuing to do this? It's like, I believe in you and I know you can change and I know that we can do this. So I really think that this is very profound. Thank you. I really love the idea of future self. This is something I've learned from a recent book that I've that my therapist told me to read. Mm-hmm. And it's talking yourself from a future perspective. Because when we look back on our lives, for example, when I struggled with pornography, I can look at myself with such compassion. I can be like, you know what? You, had, you didn't know what was the heck was going on. You had no idea what sex was. You fell into this trap. How could you not fall, have fallen into that? Mm-hmm. Like, of course, there's work to be done to break away from it. But you're not the worst you're not the dirtiest you're you're a beautiful human being and it's okay we can work on this and now like even in moments for example i'm working as a call center agent right now and and of course there's moments of mistakes i have to take a deep breath and be like okay future self like what would i tell myself right now i'd be like you're doing your best you did the best you could there's room for improvement you're still an amazing person just keep up the good work yeah and how much better would that help us if we talk to ourselves like that Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that's actually what makes all the difference, at least for me in my personal journey. I mean, everyone, it's going to be unique for them. 
But I feel like with this principle, there's actually an analogy that I like to use when I talk to people about this. And so I feel like for the longest time, like, let's just say, let's just say we're sitting in a boat. Okay. And all of a sudden your boat starts filling up with water. Now there's this panic in your head. You're like, oh my gosh, my boat's filling up with water. Like I'm going to sink. Okay. And so in this analogy, the water in the boat is pornography. And you have the adversary there in your ear. You have, you know, the culture there in your ear saying pornography is the problem. Like, like you need to change. Like you have pornography in your life. You have water in your boat. You need to get it out. So what you start doing, you frantically grab like your hands and you're like scooping it out. Or if you have like a bucket, you know, you're like scooping it out, you're scooping it out and it's exhausting. But you know, as you're working super hard, you are getting water out, but water like keeps coming in, keeps coming in. And what I found for me is understanding the principles of compassion and taking the time to be there for myself in not just with pornography, but every aspect of my life, validating my emotions, being there for myself, um, having that compassion space enables me to, in essence, find the hole in the boat. So rather than wasting all my time, just frantically getting the water out, which, you know, helps for a time, but then the water just comes back. I'm able to wait, say, wait a second. Pornography is not really the issue. There's something, there's something in here that isn't right. And I'm turning to pornography to try and help me cope and understand like this emotional hole that I have in myself. And as I take the time to be there emotionally for myself and like really look at myself, I can find that hole, plug it up and then get the water out and move forward. Does that make sense? Totally. And I really like that because we can also, if we're frantically trying to get the water out and focusing on just the water, the troubles of life or what we're trying to fix, it's hard to notice the holes there. And then also we can take a moment to be like, boy, I'm in water. I'm soaked. <laughs> take a deep breath and be like, darn, this is a bummer. This is sad. And then realize that, be mindful of it and then be like, okay, hey, what can I change? What's, what's going on here? Thank you for that analogy. I, yeah. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I love that. So as we just wrap up, do you have anything else that you want to share with our listeners or things that maybe have helped you or action steps that have helped you? Um, so like pretty much just what I said, like it's, it's really, it takes mental work, you know, like there's so many different triggers or so many different stresses in life or whatever, you know, we're working on whether that's pornography, whether that's depression, whether that's anxiety, whether that's like, whatever it is, we all have something. And to work on it, it takes mental work. Like you have to take time to like think about yourself. You have to take time to focus on and think about these things. And I feel like the biggest like action step or takeaway that I would say is just the the practice of trying to recognize when you're being that self-critic, recognize how you talk to yourself, recognize those moments when you are tearing yourself apart and being able to get to a place where recognize, oh, wow, that was really mean. Like I'm being really mean to myself right now. Would I ever use those words to someone else? You know, and that's a place to start. It's, it's baby steps. I love that. So it takes practice. Yeah, I'm constantly trying to practice that. And one question that I really do want to ask you, Anthony, mm-hmm. before we wrap up, too, you said you tried so many things, and then your therapist helped you realize to practice and get a deeper understanding of self compassion. In what ways have you seen the practice of self compassion help you in your recovery specifically? You know, like there, there's a lot of different aspects of my life that I feel like it's improved. 
I feel like in those moments when in the past I would turn to pornography, like that was my coping mechanism and kind of be there with myself rather than just kind of brush the emotion aside. Pretty much when I don't take time to acknowledge my emotions and be there with myself, I don't see how they're influencing me or how they're controlling me in a way. And so as I take the time to be present with them and recognize, hey, like I'm feeling kind of depressed right now, or I'm feeling like really self-critical, which takes me down that path, I can kind of stop myself and say, oh, that's not really where I want to go. I can analyze my choices with clarity and say, oh, I don't want that. What can I do differently? And then take action steps in a different way. I don't know if that answers your question. Um, Totally. So from what I understand, you tried so many things but maybe you would try these things without taking a pause and really addressing the emotions that you were going through at the time. Mm -hmm. And once you were able to address those emotions, address what you're really feeling inside and then dealing with that, then you were able to make a better decision about how to move forward. Is is that kind of right? It also goes back to that self-critic thing that I was saying earlier, like the self-critic, we hang on to it because we feel like that's the, what we need to motivate us to change. Like if someone's there not cracking the whip, Like, why would we try? Why would we change? But I don't know how to describe it other than like when we can get to a place where we step out of our own way and stop cutting our feet out from underneath us. Like when our kingdom is not divided against itself, we have the energy and the motivation to do those things that we've been saying we want to do for so long. And I hope that that is a takeaway for people. It's definitely a takeaway for me is that when wanting to change and wanting to, to shift things in my life to come from a place of self-compassion. Thank you so much, Anthony. We're so grateful for your willingness to share your story and to share your wisdom and to help us to, to answer the question, what is self-compassion and how does it help us? I'm going to be here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Help us create a new culture of connection by sharing what you heard today with at least 10 people. Please help us reach more young adults by going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. We share these views to open the dialogue on these tough issues. We are not professionals, and the ideas shared on this podcast should not be taken as professional advice. The opinions and views that our hosts and guests share do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10, and we don't guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard on this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture.